Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, as we get you set for the first round of the ECAC Hockey Tournament. And uh, it's going to be an exciting tournament. Um, Union and RPI both home this weekend for their first round series. The 7th-seeded Dutchman will take on the 10th-seeded Princeton Tigers, while the 6th-seeded Engineers will face the 11th-seeded Dartmouth Big Green. We'll talk about those series. And also uh, Josh Segan of College Hockey News later on will help you break down the four first-round series, those other first-round series. Fifth-seeded Colgate takes on Yale, and eighth-seeded St. Lawrence entertains ninth-seeded Brown. But let's focus right now first on the Union-Princeton series. Union swept the regular season series against Princeton, winning uh, games by different uh, ways. It was a tight-checking game back in December, a one nothing overtime victory on a Liam Robertson goal uh, late in the uh, three-on-three overtime. And then in February at Hobie Baker Rink, uh, Union took a 7-3 victory. Uh, Dylan Anhorn had two goals in that game, including a shorthanded tally. Uh, Union ended up clinching home ice um, in the uh, first round after getting five of a possible six points over the weekend. You know, they beat Harvard in regulation and uh, 5-3 on Friday. Then pulled out a dramatic, strange, whatever you want to call it, a 3-2 overtime win. Over Dartmouth in a game where Union had a 2-0 lead. Dartmouth scored two extra attacker goals. And then late in the overtime, Dartmouth, figuring they wanted to try to improve its playoff position, uh, pulled goaltender Clay Stevenson for an extra attacker. And it backfired when uh, Leah Robertson scored the uh, game-winning goal into an empty net. That gave Union 7th place. It was not until Sunday uh, because Princeton and Harvard played Sunday afternoon that Union found out it would play Princeton. Uh, at Princeton, one it would would have been uh, Brown. Uh, Princeton had one in regulation would have been Brown, but uh, otherwise it's um, going to be Union and Princeton for the fifth time in the, the uh, their uh, history of uh, playing each other. Has not been a good history. Union has lost three of the previous four series. The first meeting was back in 1995 in the preliminary round when uh, there were only ten teams making the playoffs. Union lost that game. Uh, the Princeton down there 5-2. Uh, they met in the 2009 quarterfinals. Uh, Union lost that series in three games. Union won the 2017 quarterfinals. Of course, the dramatic uh, ending to that uh, series when Mike Vecchioni scored an empty net goal, or actually his penalty shot goal, uh, in overtime. And then uh, the next year in the quarterfinals again, this time was Princeton uh, winning the series in uh, dramatic fashion both nights. Uh, they scored three goals in the um, third period of Game 1 to take that game. And, of course, the uh, goal with 9.5 seconds left in the um, third period that won the game uh, and the series for Princeton. And the Tigers ended up going on to winning the ECAC Hockey Tournament in 2018. So uh, we talked about that at the Tuesday hockey, uh, Union Hockey Media availability. Uh, let's start with uh, interim head coach John Ronan. I want to go back to uh, four years ago. You were assistant on, on the Dutchman, and Josh and Brandon were on freshman that year. You guys had not, beat, had not lost to uh, Princeton in 20 games. Uh, they're coming in here as a number seven seed off of uh, beating Brown in the first round. You guys are the number two seed. You know, good chance to go to Lake Placid. 
and then you lost both games, you know, third period goals, three three in the third in game one, and then the one uh, 9.5 seconds left uh, when uh, JC Broussard pinched, when he probably shouldn't have pinched. Uh, what do you recall about that series, and you know, how devastating was that to lose Princeton that way? That one hurt. That one hurt. Um, you know, that was that was the year Princeton caught lightning in the bottle there and went on an unbelievable run. They had a they were loaded up front. I remember that, and I think the Robinson kids still playing in the NHL right now. Um, they were a good team. I, I think that was one of those teams that kind of might have scuffled a little bit throughout the year, but really hit their stride late. And you know, we just we ran into a monster there. What do you recall about the game? I mean, the third, you know, the third period collapses. I mean, yeah. giving up three in the, in the game one, and then you know the, the one there with nine point five seconds left. What did it take a while to get over? Yeah, that one, you know what, the the last one hurt because what I do remember with that game is we shut them down for, I, I want to say about 40 minutes or 41 minutes where they didn't get a scoring chance until that last one with nine seconds left. So I do remember that vividly, you know, where we were playing a pretty good game and one, one breakdown late and season over. Yeah. Now, this is going to be fifth time these two teams have met in the postseason unit has only won one series in that time and that was uh, in 2017. You beat uh, Princeton twice this year. What is it going to take to get two more wins uh, this weekend? Yeah, it's, you know what, they're they're fast, they're aggressive, they're excellent on the rush. I think for us it's, you know, playing above them. You know, any transition, our transition to defense, getting back above them, slowing them down through the neutral zone, hopefully causing turnovers and dump-ins. And then from us, transitioned offense, you know, going north quickly, not not playing around with it, and offensive zone is, you know, getting your nose over pucks, playing with pace, activating our D and getting to the net. How important will discipline be? I mean, you took some penalties there in the second period down down there, basically got away with it, um, and you, had, you know, got a shorthanded goal, in fact, from Dylan. Uh, so, but now we're talking playoffs, it's a whole different animal. I mean, how important is discipline uh, going into the postseason. Yeah, it's extremely important. Um, you know, it, it did get away from us a little bit when we last played them, but we, we stuck with it. And just going back, looking at film, looking at their scoring chances, half of their scoring chances that game were, were on the power play. So, you know, I think for us, if we stay out of the box, you know, hopefully that cuts back on some of the chances. And then, you know, secondly, you know, gives us more opportunity to play in the offensive zone. It's uh, sweeping Princeton this year. What have you? What can you learn from those two games? Putting those games in and just watching them. What can you take from those two games? Yeah, it's you know what it was. It was two different games. You know, first and foremost, I think it was a one nothing game earlier in the season, then kind of a wild seven three game. But you know, it, it, for us, it, it's you know our identity and playing to our identity. And I think we've taken you know some big steps here over the recent weeks and playing fast, playing with a little more you know attention to detail, defense, detail offensively, easy for me to say, um, and, and basically being a harder team to play against. Does it help that you, the two games you won against them, one was the, the one nothing overtime, a tight checking yeah. game, and the fact that you scored seven, I mean, does that prove you can, can win either way? Yeah, I, I think so, you know, at least looking at the stats. You know, just going back and looking at scoring chances, I think that's an area where, you know, given that we had seven goals, our scoring chances probably weren't as high as we are we like it, um, you know. So we got a few lucky bounces that game. You know, obviously a shorthanded goal, but I think generating more offense, sustained offense, ozone time is going to be key for us. They see. I, mean, I saw with Ron earlier today. They said they, they're banged up a little bit. They're also coming off playing three games in three days. 
does that work to your advantage because you had the Sunday off where they had to play that makeup game? I, you know, this time of year, I, I think they're going to be in the same boat as us. Is they're just excited to compete on Friday. So you know, I, I respect that they had three games, and you know, it does take its toll on you. But at the same time, you know, they're they're, they're college kids. They're going to be chomping at the bit here to play Friday. You know, obviously this season has been an, orth- an unorthodox one. So, what does it mean to you and the program to be able to? host this first round series here and what would it mean to advance as well? Yeah, it, it really does mean a lot. Um, you know, we, we faced some adversity this year and I give all the credit to the guys. You know, they, they really buckled down. It's a unique situation for me. It's it's certainly a unique situation for them. But they've they've been great. They bought in and, you know, they to see them get a home ice, you know, weekend, get to experience Meso Rink in the playoffs, that's it's all the credit goes to them. I'm, I'm proud of them. The emotions of, you know, this past weekend, you know, needing those two games to win, win those two games to get in the home ice. Do you worry about a letdown going into this weekend? I, I think it's, you know, I probably worry about everything, but, you know, we had a good practice yesterday. Um, you know, our, our challenge has been consistency for our guys and, you know, playing with them sense of maturity. And I, I thought we took a big step on both of those last weekend, and we're looking to do the same into Friday. Looking at health-wise for some of the guys. We're pretty good. We're, we're pretty good. Sadorsky's going to be in good shape because, I mean, obviously, you know, he yep. came back after missing those two playing senior night, so yep. he's in good shape. Yep, he's good. Up next are our team captain, Josh Kosek, goaltender Connor Murphy, and forward Colin Graff. Josh, I want to take it back four years ago, your freshman year. Um, you guys were the number two seed against Princeton coming in here. Princeton coming off a first-round sweep of Brown. Uh, and you guys got swept out of here in you know, bad third periods. So three three goals in a game one that the French scored in the one with 9.5 seconds left in the game two. What do you recall about that series and how much did that hurt? Yeah, I was actually talking to Essies about that this morning because um, we were kind of going through the hypotheticals of who we could play and whatnot. And the first thing we said about when we talked about Princeton was how sour of a taste it left in our mouth and um, no one on that team experienced that. Um, but yeah, definitely have to sour taste and hope, hoping for a different outcome this weekend. How much? How long did it take for you guys to get over that? Yeah, it was really tough. Um, I mean, it was. I wouldn't say it's easier as a first year guy, but you're like, oh, I have a lot of more, a lot more chances at this. But I remember for those juniors and seniors, um, you know, getting a bye was huge. I think we were a couple points short of first place. Um, and then I think we got a little too high on ourselves and thinking that that would be a cakewalk. And, um, you know, we were sadly mistaken. So, um, yeah, we got to have uh, the right mindset this weekend, and hopefully we uh, are advancing next weekend. Let's talk about this weekend. You guys are home ice again against Princeton. You guys swept them in the regular season, two different styles, the overtime, one nothing overtime game and a 7-3 uh, uh, down there in Hobie Baker. What is it going to take to – get two more wins to advance for next weekend. You want to take this? Yeah, no, uh, I think we just need to keep doing what we're doing right now. I think we all saw on, on Friday night against Harvard, um, like when we were on our game, when we were, or, sorry, I think it was Saturday night, when we were on our game and we're playing and we're in their zone, um, I mean, we're almost unbeatable. I think they got two shots in the second period. So, I mean, we, we really took it to them on uh, Saturday. And I think if we keep doing things like that, like getting the puck in their end and Working them down low, it's going to be really beneficial for us. Yeah, uh, you know, Princeton's a team that likes to get up and go, so we just got to be super responsible with our high forward and try to limit their 
transition chances. Yeah, and just to, to kind of follow up on that, with those first two games, what can you kind of learn from them, you know, playing them and, and seeing that and, you know, watching the film? What can you kind of take from those two games? Yeah, well, well like what Graffer said, they're a pretty uh, up-tempo team. They can generate a lot from nothing. Um, they're really good in transition. Um, and if we're not disciplined defensively, they'll really make us pay. So, um, yeah, we had two pretty good games against them this year, but um, that's pretty much a wash. Playoff hockey is completely different. So we got to take what we did well uh, against them in this past weekend and um, apply it this weekend. You guys had so much emotion this past weekend with you know, senior night and you know, winning the game against Harvard and the way you won the Dartmouth game in most unusual circumstances. <laughs> How, how important is it to not be satisfied and avoid a letdown going into this weekend after all that? Yeah, it's huge. Obviously, going into this past weekend, our main goal was to, to get two wins so we could get home ice. And now that we did get home ice, we really got to take advantage of it. So um, playoffs are a whole new environment. And, um, you know, it's pretty much win or go home. So, um, you know, hopefully we bring our best effort this weekend. Connor? Yeah, same thing. I mean, I've only played one playoff game and my college career, so I'm really excited to, to do it again, and I want to try to move forward even even more this year. So, um, yeah, it's going to take a lot. It's like Josh said, it's a completely different season, and no, any team can beat anybody. It's it's not going to be like anything we've already seen before. So, uh, we just got to be dialed in. We got to be prepared for what's to come. And Josh, you talked about uh, seeing the juniors and seniors in that Princeton series, and, and just kind of having that memory in your head. How does that kind of Saying, you know, I'm not ready to, to feel that. I'm not ready to, to, to go out like that. Yeah, um, I, I just remember Scarfo, Leiter, JC, and Heinze after we lost to Princeton my, my freshman year. And, like, just a pure, like, heartbreak. And um, it's, you know, it was the last time they'll ever throw on that Union jersey. So, um, you know, going to do everything I can um, to make sure that this weekend isn't the last weekend I throw on that jersey. And also, just for, for all you guys, you know, this season's obviously been a bit of an unorthodox one. So what does it mean to you guys to be able to host a playoff series after everything that you guys have kind of battled through this season? Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, for a, for a bit, it wasn't looking like, looking like we were going to. And, you know, we've been through a lot of adversity this year, and I'm really happy with how our group's battled um, the second half of the season with, you know, everything that's been going on. So... Um, just got to refocus. We, uh, you know, our goal was to get home ice, and we got that. So now we got to make the most of it. Colin, how important is it going to be to keep your discipline against Princeton Building? When you played down there, you took, guys took a lot of penalties in the second period. Basically, got away with it. I think there was a goal scored after a power play, but you know, Dylan had the shorthanded goal on one of those power plays. So how important is it going to be, especially in, in postseason play, where every every you know, play is important? Yeah, it's super important. I mean, obviously you don't want to be on the kill, like, ever. But when it happens, like, we just got to be really structured with our PK. And I thought it was really good this past weekend, not giving up any five-on-four goals. So we just got to keep that going and continue it into this weekend. Well, speaking of extra attacker, uh, how important is it going to be to avoid a situation where you, like, it happened again? Yeah, that's definitely something we're going to have to curve and um, hopefully we play the right way where we're in that position where they're pulling their goalie trying to tie it up or or whatever. But um, yeah, you know, it's uh, just something we're going to have to get over and hopefully we're in that situation again and can close it out this time.
We'll take a look at the RPI Dartmouth series in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real, and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Will Brown, the head coach and general manager of the Albany Patroons. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast as we preview the ECAC Hockey Tournament first round series, best of three. And I should mention that the uh, Union games uh, this weekend, game one is Friday night at 7 o'clock. Game two is Saturday at 4. Note the time, 4 o'clock, not 7. And if there's a game three necessary, it'll be 4 o'clock on Sunday. And as we said, let's get to the RPI uh, Dartmouth series. And RPI won the regular season series against Dartmouth. The teams just faced each other last Saturday at Houston Fieldhouse. Uh, before just students and uh, faculty and staff as fans. But good news, uh, it was announced uh, that this week that RPI will be allowing external fans into Houston Fieldhouse for this series, and a great timing. Of course, if you need proof of vaccination, I know we have to wear a mask, but this is great news for RPI. Uh, we were over at, um, I was over at the Houston Fieldhouse on Wednesday to uh, t- talk to uh, head coach Dave Smith and a couple of the players, and they were saying that the line was out the door uh, on early um, Wednesday morning, the first day they were selling tickets there. So that's, that's a great sign. And it's it's great, too, because uh, the students uh, start their spring break Friday. Uh, so it, it would have been really, really got, uh, really been tough for RPI and Darby to play in front of nobody at Houston Fields. But it's, uh, it's a good thing we're seeing that happen. And uh, uh, great for the RPI fans. I know they've been frustrated all year. And the only time they've had a chance to see their teams play as um, – either at um, on the road or at neutral site like the uh, uh, Mayor's Cup back in January. As I said, uh, RPI took the season series from Dartmouth. Uh, they just faced each other last week, and the RPI scored four third-period goals to uh, erase a 3-2 deficit and win 6-3. Um, so, and also, this is the first home playoff series for RPI since 2016. Of course, if you remember, the engineers were supposed to host the uh, quarterfinals in 2020 against Harvard. And then Harvard backed out as the Ivy Leagues canceled their season, and Colgate was then installed as the uh, opponent for RPI. But then the ECAC and everybody else around the country uh, canceled their season because of the coronavirus pandemic, as that was just really starting that uh, back then in March of uh, 2020. But um, hopefully, no problems this weekend. And uh, Dave Smith commented on the uh, fact that fans will be allowed back in the building. Ken, go ahead. So what's it going to be like to have the external fans in the building on this weekend? 
was exciting. I know where, where we're doing this right now, you can see people getting their tickets. So it's, uh, um, I, I think it's, you know, there's been a lot of displeasure with not having fans. I think this is the exact opposite. So I think it's very rewarding, very happy. Perfect time here with the playoffs too, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you take it as soon as you can get it. We're happy that they're going to be here for the playoffs. Maybe a little extra boost uh, for them and for us. Does it help you with scouting at Dartmouth, having seen them twice in recent weeks? Um, the familiarity is fresh, but we still go through the same routine, um, which is to look at their last four games. Now, two of those games um, we already had done. Um, so we do their last two, which was us and Union. So there is a familiarity there. But, um, you know, and, and I think for the players, you know, the pre-scout, we want to maybe pick apart a little more detail, a couple things that maybe we can um, play to our strength on. When you're going to play them, you know, a third, fourth time and you already beat them twice, is this one of those things you have to guard against? Well, well we beat them twice already and, and having these guys not take this seriously. Well, our guys are going to take it very seriously. Um, I think the playoffs really help bring everything into focus because you win a series or your season's over. And um, the fact that we've played them twice and, and both very close games, even though 6-3 looks a little different, it's still two empty netters. It's 4-3 and we had to come back in the third period. So uh, I believe our guys know how hard we played in those games. And now with the playoffs on the line, you know, we're going to have to be, you know, just do our thing still. As far as the goaltending situation, uh, you, you went March the first half of the year, bought in the second half. What's? Do you have an idea who's going to start Friday night? I do. You're not going to say that. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> what's been the? What, you, <laughs> What, what's been the difference between Watson and Marshall this year as far as the other play? Well, I think one of the things, Jack uh, wasn't able to play some, for a stretch of, of games in the, in the first half due to injury. Um, so it appears as though he you know, came on in the second half. But, um, you know, Linden stepped in early, um, and, and really we rode him the experience, the, the conditioning he was capable of, of doing all that, and I thought did very well. Um, competition was created there in the second half, and you know, that's what we want. We like both of the goalies. We think both could play, possibly play in this series and beyond, so both are, are prepared. A bit of an up-and-down month. How do you assess where you guys are right now, where obviously games now are so much more important? Yeah, um, good question. The Our quest is just to continue to get better, to continue getting better. Our season... Um, we don't want to run out of time with our improvement. I thought the Friday game uh, of the last weekend of this regular season was one of our more complete games, and then we followed it up with a with a stinker of a first period. So um, I think those messages are, are being learned, and now you, you often don't get a second chance. So um, I like our guys. I like their hunger to keep learning and keep growing and keep improving, and, and now our, our behavior on the ice this weekend will determine whether we get to keep playing or not. And the play of the veterans, Coach, the tour mentioned last week, he's only been in one playoff series just with everything that's gone on the last few years. Just the play of the veterans and how big they were down the stretch for you and what you might expect from them. Yeah, I think, uh, and I haven't done this totally, but it, it feels about 80, 85% of our goals the last three weeks, four weeks have been by um, by veteran guys. And, and, you know, that's, they know. They know how to play. They know how to, they know what the end of the season feels like. 
and they know and you know we've had many of them share personal stories and experiences about previous teams that they were on that they had that great feeling and um, you know it, it brings a sense of um, uh, of uh, an awareness that the end of the season is around the corner. Don't leave anything in the tank. So um, I think they've been great from you know, uh, pretty much to a man. The, the entire graduating class, which is 11 people, have really had a focus that's been important for our group. Coach, uh, you know how, how important after two years ago that you were at you're going to be playing a home series uh, a couple of years ago was actually a bye, uh, but to be playing at home ice this year for a lot of those guys who. You know, especially with the ticket situation and everything, just being able to play in front of their home fans and have home game after two years ago being kind of cut short there in the season. Yeah, it's really important to, to be at home. I thought that, uh, you know, we can talk about who finished ahead of us and why and whatnot, but three of those five teams ahead of us all played last year. So we're going to have to uh, accelerate the learning curve here in the playoffs, but so, so is Dartmouth and so are many of the other teams that are playing this weekend. So um, I think it's really important for our fans now to get a chance to see us. I think it's important for our guys to get that feeling and intensity that comes from playing at the field house and how special a place it is. And um, I, I just really, um, I'm glad we got six. We wanted we wanted more, but I'm glad we got six. I think we earned six, and now it's the second season where you know the, the winners keep playing. RPI senior forward Tour Linden, who is the leading scorer for the team with 16 goals and 16 assists, and who on Wednesday was just named a finalist for the ECAC Hockey Defensive Forward Award. Uh, he talked about the excitement of the external fans coming back. So what's it like to have the external fans in the building finally for the first time this season at the best stage of the year? Yeah, so excited. Uh, we can't wait to play in front of our fans again. Uh, it's a really good feeling. We've already heard from some of them that they're really excited to be in the building and um, just added added motivation and, and pride uh, to play in front of them. Picking up from last year, two years ago, you know, the excitement there, you, you had a buy, you earned a buy, you never got to play in playoffs. And for you, you've only been in one playoff series. Just mm -hmm. what's that feeling like and what are you sharing with the younger group? Yeah, exactly. Well, you never know when your next playoff series is going to be. Um, not all leagues have playoffs either. So um, I, in my career, I haven't been in the playoffs too much, uh, to be honest. So um, it's something I'm really looking forward to. And uh, I think we all are, uh, and especially for RPI not having a home playoff series in a long time. Uh, another some, something else that we, we take pride in and we're excited for. You played Darvish just last week, uh, last Friday. You guys had a plus uh, come back there. You've, you've beaten them both times this year. What's going to take to win two more games against them? Yeah, it's going to be a lot harder in playoffs. Um, and uh, they caught us on our heels there um, last weekend. So we need to have a better start. Um, and we're going to need everyone on board this weekend. And um, it's going to be tough. So uh, we need everyone. I see Laka still out there. I don't know if Adebili's there. But talk about your line and the way you guys have been playing lately for sure. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun uh, for sure. We... Uh, I think we all see the ice well, and um, we can all kind of read off of each other. Um, and I think we understand where each of us is going to be, and I think that chemistry has only been building. Um, so I think uh, I think we're going to continue to be good and um, hopefully lead the way for the other guys. Coach was saying that because of the lack of experience in playoffs with a lot of these guys, um, your learning curve will have to be accelerated. You know, you learn from game one to game two, and and so on and so forth, and and everything is such high stakes. How do you? Uh, how do you accelerate kind of learning on the fly when games matter this much? Yeah, we've done a lot of front-loading for this in terms of like preparing the guys for what a playoff series is going to be like. 
Um, obviously, guys and juniors have, have won championships and been there before, so we've been kind of telling stories about um, past success that guys have had uh, and also like how it feels to lose, how it feels to win. Um, so kind of building off those experiences and kind of just letting the guys know what to expect. Be prepared. One more question for you. Coming on, on Justin Adamo's play lately, it seems like he's really stepped up, not just offensively, but physically and even on the defensive end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, he's a hard hard guy to manage, um, and uh, he definitely keeps the other team on their toes. You can see how you can take guys wide really well, and um, he's been really good defensively, like you said, blocking shots and, and, uh, and kind of canceling plays for the other team. So uh, we look forward to him doing that more this weekend. Up next is junior defenseman Simon Shelberg. All right, so external fans back in the building this weekend. How excited are you? Oh, very excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun playing with some fans. I think the fans are excited. They can uh, come and watch us again. So it's gonna be fun. Is it? Have you guys thought at all about just getting off to, to a quick start Friday night to get the fans into the game more than they're gonna be, and how important that might be? I think we're just trying to get a get off to a fast start because we want to. Obviously, it's going to be nice with the fans. They're probably going to have our back. Uh, so, but we want to get off to a fast start because I think during the season we have had a tough time uh, in the first period. So I think uh, a good start is going to be huge for us. I mean, how important is it? You, you just played Dortmund last week, so the familiarity is there. So how important is that, knowing you just saw this opponent last week? Obviously, it's it's good we played them. Uh, we won, so we have a, a good feeling when we're uh, playing against them. Uh, but I think um, it's not going to really really matter that much. We have to take this at, as uh, three new games, if it goes to three. Uh, so, yeah. I know that students have been here, so it's not like this has been an empty arena. No. But, but what is the difference between playing in, in a packed house um, that you've had here before and then and kind of having what you had? I think a, a packed house is a little more, you have, you have a little more like noise around you. Uh, obviously our, fa our students here have been great. They've been sharing us on, so it's been good. Uh, but I think just a, you feel like the arena is a little more, it's a little more full. Yeah. Game times for the RPI Dartmouth series are 7 o'clock Friday and Saturday, and if necessary for game three, Sunday at 4. Josh Segan of College Hockey News. He covers ECAC hockey for that fine internet publication. He'll join me next as we break down the four series in the first round of the ECAC hockey tournament. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in New York. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Mark Kestisher, the voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio and proud member of the 518 from Gilderland High School. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Now, here's Ken. Welcome back to the podcast, and for the next three weeks, our guest will be uh, Josh Segan of College Hockey News. who's going to help me break down the ECAC Hockey Tournament, and uh, hopefully 
The last time we had you, Josh, uh, talking the uh, ECA hockey tournament, we only got through one round thanks to the uh, coronavirus pandemic, but uh, hopefully we'll get through three rounds this time. Yeah, that would rounds. be the hope, right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because the last time we we, I, we had a tournament, I got to see Princeton and Dartmouth a lot and get to see them pull off a big upset. And, uh, yeah, they're playing Union this weekend, so hopefully that doesn't happen again, especially for you who, you know, covers Union. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's talk about that series first. I mean, uh, just yeah. uh, Union, I mean, a couple weeks ago they were in line for a first-round bye, and then things fell apart. They went on a... Yeah, four-game winless streak, but they bounced back. A surprise win over Harvard, and the unusual way they won uh, against Dartmouth with the overtime game-winning goal being an empty net goal as Dartmouth was trying to improve its playoff positioning. This is the fifth time these teams are meeting. Uh, Princeton's had the upper hand in three of the uh, past meetings, including the uh, upset in 2018 uh, when uh, they were the number seven seed and won in the quarterfinals here at Mesa Rink. Uh, they end up winning the whole, the whole uh, tournament title uh, that year. But how do you see this series? I mean, to me, I, I, I'm thinking this is going to go three. Yeah, I, th- I think three of the series will go three. It, it certainly seems that way, Ken. Um, it's just it's been kind of a strange year. All those teams from uh, six to uh 12 were very close together. They were tightly packed. Nothing was figured out until the until the last weekend within that group. Um, and, and it just looks like, um, you know, a lot of the series will go three, including this one. I mean, you look at Princeton, you know, they've been kind of inconsistent all year. They were very good against the Ivy League teams. They were, you know, up until about a week to left to go in the season, they were actually first in the Ivy League, and then they lost to Harvard and pretty much lost that chance. But, but then they had just a couple wins against the other teams. So whether that's getting up for your your rivals or whether that's, you know, just some inconsistencies in the game, we, we don't, you know, there's a lot of questions there. But I think one thing about Princeton is they, they've either gotten decent goaltending or it's been kind of, it's kind of not been very good. Um I mean, they've given up some goal, a lot of goals this year, especially, you know, you look at games against Quinnipiac where they gave up eight. Um, you know, the, the, the goaltending really hasn't been all that consistent. Um, they gave up seven to Dartmouth a few weeks ago, seven to Clarkson. So it, it's just been kind of a struggle defensively for them. But, they, you know, they have scored some goals, but not over the last couple of games because they, they got shut out the last couple of games. So it'll be interesting to see how Union responds. Obviously, you know, Union's, at, you know, some terrible this year you know sometimes some of those teams struggle in the tournaments so we'll see how that goes I mean that union you know we talked about union having that you know a possibility of a buy that all fell apart in kind of a weird game too yeah um you know that that Colgate game where I, I watched that one that was one of the craziest endings I've seen in a long time in the ECAC. So um, it was interesting to see. I mean, Union had scored seven against Princeton just a few weeks ago in, in the early February. And, you know, then had another one nothing win earlier in the year. So it could go either way uh, with these teams, I think. Yeah, I think I, I talked with the team, uh, members of the team, including uh, Josh Kosak and then uh, interim head coach John Roden on Tuesday. And one of the things that, you know, stuck out, especially that weekend when they were down at Princeton and before that at Quinnipiac was their lack of discipline, especially in the middle period. Um, they got away with it against Princeton, but it, it's, this time you really can't afford to lose your discipline because, you know, one bad penalty could lead to a power play going lead to a yeah. momentum change. 
Yeah, that's assuming we get any power plays. The last couple of weeks have been going, it seems, <laughs> especially the games I've watched. But anyways, um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, you, do, you definitely got to keep the discipline this time of year. Uh, power play opportunities are going to be very limited. And, you know, it's it's very important to get the the, uh, the consistency, especially on the special teams uh, going. Um, you can't take dumb penalties this time of year. It ends up costing you. Yeah, I mean, how are you picking this series? Um, I don't know. I still have 2018 in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, when, you know, Princeton knows that they can go in there and they can pick up a series. So I almost feel it could be Princeton in three, but uh, I, I actually will actually go Union in three. I, I think they do have the better, you know, consistency, especially with Connor Murphy in goal. I think he's probably, you know, a little bit more consistent than Princeton's goaltending has been. So I, I would go Union in three in that one. Let's go over across the uh, river to uh, Troy, where RPI is going to be hosting Dartmouth. And of course, you mentioned I mentioned at the top here that Dartmouth, looking to improve its power play uh, or his playoff positioning, pulled their uh, goaltender uh, Stevenson in the uh, overtime, trying to get the victory. And there was, I think, there was some confusion because when I talked to Jason Tapp, they I thought they were end up last and going to play Colgate. And when I told him, no, you got RPI, he's like, oh, okay. So uh, to me. I look at this series, RPI, I mean, RPI, Torrey Linden's been playing great, uh, their top scorer. But the goaltending there, that's a situation where, you know, at the beginning of the year, Linden Marshall was playing all the games. Now, all of a sudden, it's second half of the year, it's been Jack Watson. So, uh, is this an issue for RPI? I, th- I think so. I mean, you've had two different guys, you know, getting time. Obviously, one one guy's been good in the first half. One guy's been good in the second half. Um, you know, that's always a recipe for what's going to happen in the playoffs. If one guy, you know, gives up four, five, six goals in the first game, well, you're going to go the next game. You're going to go to the other guy. You're going to crush the, you know, your second half starter's confidence. And it's a tough position for a coach to actually be in, if you think about it. Um, this, this series is interesting to me just based on goaltending because I, I think if you look at this round and you look at uh, the, the play of the goaltending uh, in, in, in of the goalies in this round I think Dartmouth's goalie Clay Stevenson has been fantastic in the games he's played um, I'm sure Jason probably told you that I, th- I think I think Clay Stevenson's really talented. I think if you if he was on a team like Quinnipiac or Clarkson or one of those teams, he he'd be getting talked as is probably one of the best goaltenders in the league. But I look at him; he's still he's almost stole games against Quinnipiac for Quinn, uh, against Quinnipiac for Dartmouth, and um, he's had multiple games where he's had forty, you know, close to fifty saves. You know, Dartmouth struggles in possession, but he's kept him in a lot of games. And uh, I look at him in this series as, you know, really maybe the difference. I, I think he could really upset the apple cart in this game, in this series, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean Dartmouth does really lack some scoring talent, but if it's Clay Stevens going to be standing on his head and uh, Dartmouth's able to shut down uh, um Linden, uh, it could be an interesting series. I, I see this one going 3-2, but I'm going with RPI I'm in that series. I'm going with Union, the other one. I failed to mention that, but I'm, I'm going with the Capital Region teams. Yeah, I, and I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go the other way in this one. I, okay. As much as I like RPI and I like their depth, I like their I like their offensive capabilities. I like, you know, Tor Linden's such a great player. So I, I don't know. I just feel like the goaltending is gonna play a big 
big factor in this one. Um, and I, I almost look at Dartmouth as the, you know, kind of the winner in three in this one. I will, I, I will actually pick them in three because I think their goaltending will probably make a big difference. Okay. Well, let's move over to the 5-12 uh, matchup between Colgate and Yale. I mean, Colgate started out a gangbusters this year. Then they blew that game against Western Michigan. Uh, they struggled for time, but I think that big win over Union got them back on track. Actually, before that, if you think about it, they got five out of possible six points against Cornell. So they're they're riding high in pretty good shape going into this series against Yale. Yeah, I think the the last game is against Quinnipiac was kind of a throw throwout game. I, I mean, I I look at that one as kind of like one in a, a series of good games um, in that stretch. But, I mean, you look at that Colgate team. I love watching that Colgate team. That's a fun hockey team to watch. Um, they have some offensive talent up there with Josh McKechnie and um, the young uh, you know, the young brothers, Alex and Colton. Um, good, very, very good hockey players. they got some offensive depth there. Uh, goaltending is a little bit on the shaky side, a little bit on the defensive side. I mean, talk about that Western Western Michigan game they blew a five nothing lead in the third period in that game so that might have foretold a little bit of that but they've been much better recently and uh yeah I I think this is the one series I see only going only two I think I just think Colgate's just a you know really good team and I, I think they could even make it to Lake Placid against Cornell um I mean we talked about it you just mentioned it they picked up five points against Cornell very recently I just think right now they're they're a fun hockey team. I, I think they're a really good hockey team. They're starting to pick up. They're still a little bit on the young side. So, yeah, I, I look at them as what team that could actually make it to Lake Placid from this round um, and probably the only series here that goes to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, Yale struggled, struggled the power play all year. I mean, at one point they only had one power play goal. I mean, they found some – they got a little cure when uh, Union and RPI came to town in New Haven recently, but – my goodness, how, how do you go through a year with struggling on the power play the way they did? I don't, they have a lot of, um, they, they were very, you know, they only started the year with 24 players, like 13 forwards, so they've been playing defensemen up up on the, uh, up in the forward ranks, and they really struggled with depth, and um, maybe that's where the power play was, and they, they really have struggled with offensive depth especially, there's not much on the bone there and for what Keith Elaine has done in the last half of the year he's done fantastic I mean I thought they were a few weeks ago they were in the last week they were in the game against Quinnipiac I thought they played well they should have won that game to be honest with you they were only down one nothing had three or four power plays down the stretch couldn't score including a five-minute major five on three during that uh five-minute major, so, yeah, they just couldn't score, and it's kind of been the microcosm of their season, that struggle. So, I mean, they've been better. They've had some wins. They've picked up three wins in their last uh, five games, but it has definitely been a struggle for them to score, find the back of the net, and then, you know, you talk about the power play, which is absolutely dreadful for a, for a long time. So, yeah, this, this, is, this is a series that I think has two written on it. Yeah. Um, this is the one I feel most confident about. I just don't. I just don't see Yale um, getting through three games against a really, really good Colgate team. I don't either. I, I think this is a, the easy call here, two, two games for this one. Well, let's go to uh, Brown and St. Lawrence. The series, uh, I think you're going to see struggling. Both teams struggle to score goals. And Brown, you always I mean they struggle in the regular season, but come postseason, they're always a pain in the butt. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of the moniker of uh, Brendan Woodard's teams, right? I mean, a few years ago, he was, you know, on the end of his contract, and, you know, they made, they made like, placid, he got a contract. So uh, it's just kind of the moniker of his teams. They just do well in the playoffs. There was one year they made it for the, the low seed, was it 11 or 12 seed many years ago? Um, it, yeah, that was, yeah, so, yeah, they've been... Uh, yeah, they played. They, 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 they played just a few years ago. Is this? I forget. Was it a seven or nine seed? I forget what it was. But even you know, you talk about the struggles during the regular season. They still finished ninth. The last week they were in seventh place, so they were they were right in the thick of the battle there for you know sixth place. So it kind of caught me off guard a little bit because you know they had really struggled. They are. 56 in uh, pair wise, so there has definitely been a lot of struggles there, but. Yeah, you look at these two teams, you know, it's a struggle to score. I mean, they've played February, you know, in early February, it was a 1-1 hockey game. And then, uh, yeah, so it's it's just going to be in, in, in another late February, another 1-1 hockey game. So, yeah, two goalie, you know, one goalie that's fantastic and uh, Emil Zetterquist who really um, stole a – you know, ECAC championship for them last year. And then, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Matthew Caron down at Brown. You know, everyone thought their uh, senior goalie, their their grad student goalie was going to be their guy. But it ended up being Matthew Caron that's looked very, very good there. Um, so I, I would look at this one. I think this one has three written over it as well. And, you know, it, it might be an interesting one. It may not be. It's, it's actually funny. It may not be. The best matchup of this series, which you usually expect from the 8-9 series. Um, so, yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see how this one goes. Uh, yeah, you have both teams struggling. I, I think St. Lawrence is a little bit of a surprise, though. I think you kind of expected after last year that St. Lawrence would kind of kick off and pick up some offense and... Yeah. And, you know, maybe get up to the sixth spot pretty comfortably or maybe around fifth. But, you know, that hasn't really happened. They've kind of been languishing down in that that eighth place. And, you know, maybe it looked like they were going to be down in the 11th, 10th. And, yeah, it's been kind of a struggle for uh, the Saints after they won their uh, the title last year. Yeah. I mean, it, they just played each other, Brown and St. Lawrence, up at, last Friday up in the Appleton Arena, which ended up going to a shootout. Obviously, now with playoffs, you don't get shootouts. You go to this, you know, straight regular overtime. But, uh, I mean, Zetterquist can do only so much, but how important is it going to be for the Saints to get the scoring uh, and, and advance? Yeah, I mean, they have, they have guys that can score, though. I mean, you, you look at it. They, they have they have players that can score. I mean, I think about Caden Pickering. He's a he's a quick little player, uh, fantastic hockey player. Actually, a local kid from up there as well. Um, uh, you know, Cameron Buell on the on the blue line that proved last year during the playoffs that he could be very good. I mean, they have you know Luke Salem. You know, they have guys that can actually score up there. It's just been a struggle to you know get it consistent. And I mean, another guy, David Jankowski, as well. Those guys are. You know, they can score, but it's just been a struggle for them to, you know, put it all together this year, which is kind of interesting because you would have thought the confidence last year would have been a big help for them. Yeah. This might be the series I call for the uh, road team to win. I think Brown wins in three. Yeah, I think definitely Brown could definitely pull off the series. I think the way they've been playing, it definitely looks like Brown's playing a little better right now. So, especially at five on five. So, um, yeah, I I, I think I agree with this one. I, I think Brown in three. So are you going to be anywhere this weekend? 
Um, not covering it. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see where we go this weekend. It's everything's a little far uh, this weekend, That's so true. might just do a home, you know, watch the league kind of kind of deal this weekend. All right. Well, Josh, appreciate a few minutes. We'll do this again next week here on the podcast. And uh, thanks for your insight. Yeah, absolutely, Ken. Good to talk to you as always. That's Josh Segan of College Hockey News. I want to congratulate David Trestick for winning the Daily Gazette's ECAC Hockey Faceoff Selections, winning it by two points over Achilles 375. It came down to the Sunday game. Uh, David picked uh, Harvard and uh, Achilles picked Princeton and Harvard won 3 nothing. so congratulations, David, on winning his first title. And uh, if you have any questions or comments about the podcast you can or Union Hockey or College Hockey, you can email me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Uh, thanks for listening, and of course we'll have a post-game uh, podcast uh, with uh, reviews of uh, all at least the first two and maybe three. We'll see how this, long this series goes uh, with Union and Princeton. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I am Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you Friday night from Messer Ring. From the Parting Shots, yeah, I talk, from the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.